Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. This week, I joined Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. It's a local show here in my hometown in Montana. Anthony, of course, is a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, which makes no sense being up here, but he knows that a majority of people here are Seahawks fans. And this was the first chance I had to go on to the show and talk draft as well as the release of the 2020 schedule. One of the things Anthony likes me to do is pick individual games. It's not my favorite thing because so much can change from one game to the next. But if you've listened to the schedule release episode I just did with Stuart Court, I said the record I was thinking was about 12 and four. So keep that in mind as we get into the second half of the segment. I I did pick consistently with my projection and I I don't like doing the individual games. I, and I don't even necessarily like the four games that I picked as losses, but it's Anthony's show. So I played along and I hope you enjoy it. I know I said I was probably going to be slowing down a bit after the draft and that hasn't quite been the case. And especially when I heard that former Pro Bowl linebacker for the Seahawks, Lofa Tatupu, would be joining me on the podcast. So that's going to be coming up in the next episode. So be sure that you are subscribed so you can get that show as soon as it's out. We're going to be talking Jordan Brooks. We're going to be talking 2005 Seahawks. Lots of stuff to talk about with the former Pro Bowl linebacker. Subscribe SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts or search for field goals where you listen to your podcasts. Until then, here's my interview with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. Welcome back to the Knock on Sports and joining me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, it is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast, good friend of the show. As the NFL schedule has been released we're going to find out from Brandon his thoughts on the Seahawks schedule for primetime games for them. Brandon, great to have you on the show. Hope you were doing well, my friend. Appreciate you having me on. This is the peak of NFL offseason. I think now that we've had the draft, we've had the schedule released, and now we just have to wait and uh, cross our fingers and hope everything works out normally and we can start the season on time. That's what I'm hoping for, and I'm glad the NFL is deciding to take this route, and I'm sure the NFL has also got contingency plans and trying to figure out you know, if they have to go to an alternate. But like you said, hopefully everything starts on time just like we needed to. And, and Brandon, before we dive into uh, the, the draft as well as the NFL schedule for the Seahawks, yesterday reports were coming out that the Seahawks and Clowney may have been done and maybe there wasn't going to be a deal done. Then later in the day, reports said that it's not completely closed between the Seahawks and, and Jadavion Clowney. What are you making of the latest reports as uh, Jadavion Clowney continues to extend his uh, market, if you will, and has not signed with the team? Well, it, I guess it doesn't surprise me to hear that it's not completely closed because the numbers came out yesterday of the rookies and any number changes among players on the team. And we heard a week or so ago that Jaron Reed was going back to number 90, and then we find out that he's still number 91. So I, I think they are leaving it open. They're not ready to shut that door yet, whereas a week ago when we heard Reed was going back to his original number 90, we were thinking, oh, well, there there it is. That's uh What's uh, going to tell us that talks are closed right now? Where do you put your percentages? Do you think you're still in them in the race for him at this point? Yeah, I think it's still 50 50. I it's uh, I think if it were less than 50 percent, they'd probably move on and find the next guy. Everson Griffin still being out there. They would make the move on him. But as long as Griffin's still out there and as long as Clowney's still out there, I do like the Seahawks chances of 
of getting one of those two guys. And I think the favorite would be with Clowney because he spent the the year with the team last year. Now going into the draft here, Brandon, uh, the CLC Hawks did trade out of their first round pick. They stayed in the first round, but didn't move back into the second round. They take Jordan Brooks, the linebacker from Texas Tech. What did you think about the pick? Yeah, it was interesting to see them stay put. You know, they they tried to set the trade up with the Packers and they were going to and they ended up moving up ahead of the Seahawks and taking Jordan Love and traded with Miami Dolphins to do it. And I think that maybe caught John Schneider off guard a little bit, but they had a plan. We heard him after the uh, after the draft picks talking in press conferences and talking in interviews that they really did see linebacker as a as a priority for the team. And with uh, the Oklahoma linebacker off the board, it was down to Patrick Queen of LSU and Jordan Brooks. And they liked Brooks a little bit better. And probably just with the idea of they tend to, to put a higher value on players who have, you know, consistently played through their college careers. Patrick Queen, yeah, he was, you know, behind a, a top notch uh, NFL linebacker in uh, previous seasons, but just really had that one year of college that he could point towards. So I, I think that's ultimately why they ended up liking Brooks a little bit better in that spot. And it was a surprise to me because I just, I didn't see linebacker as a bigger need necessarily than pass rush, but fortunately they were able to make that trade in the second round and go and get Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. Well, I was about to say you bring him up Daryl Taylor. And I also want to go to the third round pick Damian Lewis, the guard. How important is it that these two guys are making a significant impact this season, whether it be starters or just getting significant playing time? Yeah, and I think Daryl Taylor having significant playing time, that's going to be important because it is such a need for the team. Yes, they went out and got Bruce Irvin. They got Benson Mayoa. And I think they do want those guys to be rotational guys. They, I'm sure they'd love to see Daryl Taylor you know, really jump into a, a big time playing role. It, it doesn't necessarily usually work out that way with their second round picks. It usually takes a while uh, before they can get going. And and so that might be a little bit to hope for. But with the third round pick, it almost seems like they do see an immediate starting spot for him because just in the days following the draft, they released their veteran right guard, DJ Fluker. And that was a little bit surprising to me. I was about to say, did you agree with that move or how how worried are you about the offensive line? Because this thing's going to look brand new all over again. I, you know, any other offseason, I think I would be OK with it. It's this offseason where I don't necessarily agree with the approach because you have Justin Britt leaving the team now. You have DJ Fluker leaving the team now. And if you're counting on BJ Finney to be the center, maybe, or maybe even Ethan Posick, who has played some time at center, Joey Hunt. I, I do still see him as a backup center, but you're going to have guys apart from Dwayne Brown at left tackle and then Mike Upati, who they re-signed at left guard, but I don't think they necessarily see him as a starting option. I think we could see four new players on the offensive line ahead of Russell Wilson when it comes week one. And I that... With not having that much of an offseason or, you know, with it looking like it, it might be scaled back a bit, that bothers me a little bit. Brandon, what do you think about uh, the picks that you saw on day three? Anybody that you like there? Um, I do like that uh, Colby Parkinson pick. It's it's interesting that um, hearing from Pete Carroll after the press conference that they recognize that he didn't show a lot of blocking ability in college, but they do kind of see a guy in that Jimmy Graham type role of, of of red zone threat for Russell Wilson. And hearing from Parkinson, he's he does seem like 
a willing blocker. And I, I like a lot of the personalities in those final few picks on day three. Alton Robinson was a guy who slipped because uh, he had some legal issues that, that it sounded like he dealt with uh, in college. And uh, and so that's probably a reason why he slipped. But they do find another guy to put into the rotation there at defensive end. And DJ Dallas is an interesting guy. You know, watching him, he especially, he had a game uh, against Florida in college that uh, was fun to go back and watch. And so not a lot of production for DJ Dallas at running back in college, but he does kind of fit that Chris Carson mold. So he's he's on my watch list, but I think for a lot of those guys, for them to make a, the team this year, they're going to have to show up on special teams. And that's generally what they look for uh, from those day three picks. My featured guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast as he joins us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. We'll take a look at the Seahawks schedule with Brandon after this. The NFL schedule came out late last night. The Seattle Seahawks have four primetime games. Joining me right now to discuss the Seahawks schedule is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Brandon, just give me your thoughts initially when you saw the schedule come out. Well, the we went through it game by game on the Field Goals podcast. I, I did that with Stuart Court of the UK Seahawkers and you know, the the big thing, the big takeaway is that it does seem relatively even. You got a kind of an earlier bye week than I think you'd like with that week six, but they start off on the road at Atlanta. I was just crossing my fingers that they weren't starting out the road in Miami because those September games in Miami can be awfully hot. We see that with Miami and then sometimes when they have to play Carolina too. So, uh, and then they get to start off with back-to-back home games, you know, starting off that a home opener with the New England Patriots minus uh, Tom Brady. So that's going to be interesting to see who's playing quarterback for the Patriots when it comes to that first primetime game Sunday night football week two. Well, I was going to say, too, the thing that's interesting is you guys really start to see, I mean, after that week six bye, that's when all your divisional games really come into play here. You start off with at the Cardinals, then the 49ers, a couple weeks later at the Rams, and then right mm-hmm. back to the Cardinals. And then as we see, uh, you finish up the last two games with the Rams and 49ers. So a lot of the NFC West coming up, coming up after the bye week. How do you feel about that? Well, I do like having a little bit of rest going into that Arizona Cardinals game. That's kind of nice. And uh, finishing off the season against the 49ers, you know, they finished off the season up in Seattle last year. So it kind of makes sense, I suppose, to switch things up and we get to finish off the season against them. I think the Seahawks and 49ers are again going to be the two teams that it comes down to in the NFC West, I think. You know, especially looking at the moves in this offseason, what the Rams have done, they're due to take a take a step back. But the Arizona Cardinals, they've been loading up with talent. So I think they're due to take a little bit of a step forward. And it's just going to be a competitive division. And uh, and so that week 17 game with the 49ers, I definitely have that one circled uh, as as one of the ones I just I, I mean, I can wait to see it because we have to go through the entire year still. And I'm excited about football, but that's that's one to look forward to. Of the home games that the Seahawks have, which one are you most excited about? Oh, well, it's got to be the home opener uh, against the Patriots, even though it's without Tom Brady. It's it's kind of one of those things where you're curious to see what uh, that team is going to do. And it's still Bill Belichick and Cam Newton's still out there. And it just it makes a lot of sense for Cam Newton to end up in New England. So if it's if it's Cam who gets signed with the Patriots, that could be an exciting game. 
Uh, of course, week eight against the San Francisco 49ers, that's going to be another big matchup. And then, uh, you know, as far as the other games, there's just not a lot of uh, big name teams. I suppose uh, the the week five Sunday night football game against the Vikings, just because it is another primetime game. And uh, you you can expect Kirk Cousins to not show up on those primetime games. <laughs> Brandon Schultz there with the shade throwing it at the Vikings and Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Uh, Brandon, let's go ahead and go wins and losses. We'll go through each game. We'll get Brandon's pick for that. Open up the season at Atlanta. Win or loss, Brandon? I will put that down as a win. I think the Falcons are a slow starting team and the Seahawks are they went five and zero on East Coast games last year. And you talked about the home opener against the Patriots. Right now, it looks like Stidham as the starter. And, you know, you kind of talked about maybe Cam Newton comes into play at some point. But the Patriots and the Seahawks in Seattle. Yeah, I have that down as a win against the Patriots, uh, especially with their quarterback situation. But even still, I think, you know, the energy around a home opener that uh, it's it makes it tough on other teams. Then you guys have the Dallas Cowboys in week three at home. Uh, win or loss? I, you know what, I'm, I do have the team going with four losses. This might be, this is, might be where I give them their first one. Lost to the Cowboys. Interesting. At home. Yeah. Well, a new, you know, Mike McCarthy coming in and just so many different pieces on that team that are different. And it's kind of early in the season. I, I think that they will to start the season two and one. That's still pretty good. Uh, Seattle at Miami. I will I put the Seahawks down for a win here. I don't know if we're going to know. Uh, I mean, we'll know by week four who their quarterback is going to be. But, uh, you know, Tua Fitzpatrick, uh, who knows? And then that Sunday night game against the Vikings at home. Oh, yeah. I already chalked that up to a win. <laughs> That's right. You put up Kirk Cousins. Uh, so <laughs> going into the bye week, four and one, the Seattle Seahawks sitting right there. I would imagine that'd be good to good enough to at least be at the top or close to the top of the NFC West coming out of the bye uh, at the Cardinals. Yeah, at the Cardinals. That sometimes doesn't work out well for the Seahawks. Although, no, they are, they usually get the win in in, in uh, Arizona. So I, I'm going to put them down for a win on that one. And then you got the 49ers at home. They're going to split with the 49ers. And so I'll, I'll put them down for a loss against the Niners here. Then you're at the Buffalo Bills. That'll be a win. Even though they've added Stephon Diggs, they've had a lot of pieces on defense. I think... The Bills might be the team to beat out of the AFC East, but I'm going to put Seattle down for a win there. Then at the LA Rams. This will be their first game in that new stadium, but uh, I'll, I'll say win here. You got the Cardinals then back in Seattle. Yes. Uh, and so let's see. I picked a win there so, uh, at, at uh, Arizona, and I will say that they split with the Cardinals and lose at home. I got a couple home losses here, Brandon. That's a little surprising. Well, they were four and four at home last year, so I, I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling like uh, if they go to five and three, then they at least improve. Uh, at the Philadelphia Eagles, this one for Monday Night Football. I think the Eagles are going to be motivated for this game, especially uh, after after what the Seahawks did to them last year, and uh, maybe they, they they find a way to wake up and and win a game against the Seattle Seahawks here. Oh wow! So back to back losses. In November, as the calendar turns to December, uh, schedule does lighten up because you got some of those uh, NFC least and AFC least teams in there. Uh, you yes. got the Giants at home. Yes, the Giants at home and the Jets at home in back-to-back -back weeks. And so 2-0 and oh, right here. Back-to-back <laughs> -back wins. Then you're at the Washington Redskins. Yes, and I think, you know, 3-13 and 13 
Redskins last year. They have the new coach. I think they're still going to be struggling as a young team. I think the Seahawks get the win here. All right, so a win over the Washington Redskins going into our final two games here. We got the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, The Rams come up to Seattle in Week 16. Brandon, how do you see it going? You know, been lucky to split with the Rams every season these last few years, but uh, with the Rams, I think, taking a step back, uh, the Seahawks get the sweep and uh, go 2-0 with this second win over the Rams here. All right, so right now sitting 11-4, Going into week 17 at San Francisco, how do you see it playing out? They'll be 11 and 4. Maybe the 49ers will be 12 and 3. And then the Seahawks will get this win on the road. They'll tie the division, but they'll ultimately get the tiebreaker and uh, and get the division win over the San Francisco 49ers. So the Seattle Seahawks, as you have it predicted here, Brandon, you have them going 12 and 4 next season. I do. Yeah. I, you know, it was hard to pick four losses, but when I did my prediction show with Stu yesterday, I, I did pick them to go 12 and four, but uh, I, you know, I could see them doing better than that. It's just that that it seems like an improvement to get one more win over last year. And then now to, to take the division lead away, the, the division championship away from the 49ers. It's what's interesting to me is because I agree with you in the sense that I think Seattle is still going to be a very, very good football team. But how much do you think Arizona gets better? Because do you see Arizona kind of being in the mix here? I mean, I think they're going to make your guys' lives difficult in both those games, but I think they're going to do the same for the 49ers as well. Yeah, and I think they're going to be in the mix in the sense that, you know, they'll probably be right around a 500 team. So I do think that they're going to improve, but I don't think – you know, it comes down to these last couple of weeks that they're going to be in the mix for the division title necessarily. But, you know, if uh, now that they're going to seven teams, if they are able to to make it to nine and seven, you know, maybe they do squeak in as that seventh team in the playoffs. But I, I do still think that I'm going to need to see another year of improvement from the Cardinals before I put them among the top teams in the NFC West. For you, Brandon, which stretch of this schedule, three to four games, maybe more than that, concerns you? I think the toughest stretch and part of the reason why, too, that I I have them losing that home game against the Cardinals is uh, it's going to be tough for them to fly all the way to Buffalo in week nine. And then they have the road game in week 10 against the Rams. And then they come back home and they have that short week of Thursday night football before they play the Cardinals. So I think that's that's probably going to be their toughest three-game stretch. Fair enough. Brandon Schultz joining us here on the Knock On Sports on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast as we've been breaking down and getting his predictions on the Seattle Seahawks uh, schedule. Uh, Brandon, for, for you, man, I mean, you look at this here, obviously, as you talked about, we get that expanded playoffs here. Uh, give me your thoughts. Who do you think are some playoff teams from the NFC for those seven spots? Oh, well, you know, the 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 49ers, you know, they've they've lost a few pieces, but they've done pretty well to fill in behind a lot of those guys. So I do see them as a potential playoff team. I see the Vikings uh, continuing to to be part of that picture in the north. And then the Bucks, you know, your Bucks, Anthony, I, I do see them coming out of the south. It's going to be tough with New Orleans as well, but those are probably the two teams that I'm looking at out of the South. I, I haven't heard from you. What do you, what do you predict from your uh, Tom Brady-led Buccaneers this season? I, I was going through it last night, and I was examining it, and I have 13-3. and three. 
I have a splitting with wow. the Saints. Uh, splitting with the Saints, and I just look at our schedule. I, I just don't think there's – it's a tough schedule, no question about it. But I think we lose to the Broncos, the Chiefs, and we lose to the Saints. And I think we handle our business with the rest of the division. Uh, I, I don't really – the AFC West doesn't exactly scare me a whole lot considering the fact the Raiders are still an unknown commodity. I think the Chargers are not going to be as – prolific offensively they're still gonna be a very tough team but i think we can still get the win there and uh like i said that you know i think the toss-up games are you know the packers and you look at the chiefs uh you look at uh the saints games as well i think that's where it's going to be really interesting so i, I think because I, I, we don't have a very tough schedule only five teams on our schedule made uh the postseason obviously we get the defending super bowl champs but i like our chances well, you know you brought up some of those quarterbacks you know having to play against drew Brees and patrick mahomes and that was one of the things that that jumped out at me from the Seahawks schedule is that a couple of the toughest quarterbacks that they're going to be playing are Dak Prescott and uh, maybe Matt Ryan. You know, obviously you got the division quarterbacks, but, you know, Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, uh, just not a lot of really strong quarterbacks when it comes to the Seahawks opponents this year. Well, you do get a rookie in Tua Tagovailoa this year. Uh, let's Daniel see. Jones in his second year. Yep. You got uh, Josh Allen, who just got done leading the Bills uh, to the postseason. Kyler Murray, who was making a really strong impression uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the strongest of the young quarterbacks. You know, he's ahead of Haskins, Darnold, uh, Jones, obviously. But, um, you know, and he, shoot, he's probably ahead of Jared Goff at this point, too. <laughs> I would agree with that for sure. Uh, Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to follow the podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, check it out. SBNation.com slash NFL podcast to subscribe to the Field Goals podcast and then all of our shows up at SeahawkersPodcast.com. Brandon, really appreciate the time. Appreciate the insight as well. Always a ton of fun to predict games with you when the NFL schedule comes out. And like you said before, hopefully we will get everything started on time. Hopefully fans will be able to be a part of the experience as well. And I uh, can't wait to chat with you again soon, my friend. Yeah, looking forward to uh, chatting again, hopefully when training camp rolls around. <laughs>